All right, Kiss Army. Welcome to the Kiss FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today. Nothing is into your head. I hope you don't do any damage. This is a Kiss-related podcast by the board for the board. We hope that you enjoy. episode 186 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm your host today, Julian Gill, admin on the FAQ message board. We have issues with Lonnie's video feed, so hopefully he's not just frozen on my side of the world. Um, I'm joined today, obviously, by St. Louis KISS Lonnie, by 69th Blizzard Ken, and he's back, and Mark, Marcus Almighty. Gentlemen, as always, good to see you all. What KISS news do we have to talk about? Nothing. Is there? No, there is. There is actually KISS news this week. And who's checked out the KISS 3D vinyl shit? No. Oh, I yeah. They did put out a video of it. And uh, what is it? The 3D 12 by 12 kind of wall sculpture of the first KISS album cover. And, of course, Destroyer for Mark. So his Christmas present has been taken care of. Um, and for all eternity, <laughs> hanging on his wall will be a three-dimensional rendering of the destroyer cover that he can throw darts at or set on yes fire that's what i was gonna say by an elon musk what do you guys think lonnie i think it's cool i mean i don't need another another copy of destroyer but considering i just bought one a couple of months ago with that with that uh that red marble that that they did but i don't it's cool guns there's a guns and roses one that got announced a couple weeks ago that i saw i'm like oh that's pretty cool but I don't know. I don't. I don't need it. But if that's your cup of tea and you want and you want 3D vinyl to hang on the wall, you know what? Have at it. But it's not for me. But I'm sure it's for somebody. Well, you know what? Uh, what would your significant other think about that as a housewarming gift? <laughs> <laughs> Look, honey, another kind. Yeah, she had something to say. And she she had something to say on your Facebook thing the other day. Like, no, no more copies of music you already have. <laughs> Right, and the, but everyone then sounds like Nigel. But this one is actually 3D. It goes up to... Hey. No, no more. Conversation oh. piece. All right, Lonnie. Well, let me ask you this then about 3D vinyl. Is there Please? any KISS cover that you would actually like to see as a 3D product? And, and this is simply product questioning. This is free of charge. They don't have to send me any money for doing the work for them. Um, <laughs> would you buy anything hmm. to stick on your wall? In 3D Would vinyl. I buy anything in 3D vinyl to stick on my wall? Apart from a Cars cover album. A 3D vinyl. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, in the same vein, you know, the, I mean, the Destroyer one's cool. Don't get me wrong. I, I thought I thought the Destroyer one looked much better than the original album cover one. Mark, it's just the vinyl. You don't have to like the music. It, the artwork <laughs> looks good. Jesus. Um, Bob Ezrin didn't paint it. Right. Ezrin did, did not paint it. <laughs> Calm true. down. Uh, <laughs> But in the same vein as the Destroyer one, I think a Love Gun one would look cool, too, if you had the Love Gun girls surrounding them as well. I think that would look cool. I wasn't impressed with the look of the original album cover on 3D vinyl. I was like, okay, like it just looks like their heads are like popping off the <laughs> popping off the cover is all it really looks like. And I think if you did were to do like a Dynasty or something like that, it would be kind of like the same thing. But... Um, I don't know. I, I don't think I'd be real excited for a hot in the shade 3D vinyl with a Sphinx popping off the cover or anything like that either. But if I were to buy one, it, Destroyer, for, 
What? Destroyer or Love Gun? And uh, I love revenge, but come on, it would just be like a bloody revenge popping off there. It wouldn't be anything to get excited about. <laughs> so, although I'm I'm not in the I'm personally, I mean, maybe one of you guys or all three of you guys are in the market for a 3D vinyl album. It's not for me, but if I if I were to get one and I had any album to choose from, it would be Destroyer or Revenge. Just because, I mean, Destroyer or Love Gun, just because they're the most iconic covers that I think would work in that aspect. Mind. What do you guys think? Would you guys buy one? I'd be totally down with Creatures, only if it took batteries mm. so that you could get a blue glow effect going. <laughs> um, no, oh, if, yeah. if, if it was made out of material that would be somewhat translucent and give a, a low blue uh, like hue, just like I think the Destroyer one should have had some effects with the flames, you know, maybe a, a propane attachment that you can... <laughs> <laughs> propane attachment. <laughs> propane. You know, just so you could have flames shooting up your walls. That's and. Safe. Yeah, that would be like the uh, the Rhode Island thing, unfortunately, which would not be a good idea. Um, Indoor flames are bad. No, I, I agree with you on the um, the first album did not look as good. I think definitely Asylum should have been done for that because that would have worked totally. And I think Animalize <laughs> would be really good if they did it, did it in like the texture, so you actually stroke it and it feels like the, uh, the fur. Don't say stroke it. Don't say stroke it on the show. Billy Squire. Okay. Yeah, Okay. Ken, what do you think? I looked at them. They're okay. I mean, the story one looks kind of cool, but I just can't see myself getting it. I mean, I do have the Knuckle Bonds figures, the Alive figures, which are cool. I like that more so. But the album... I don't know. I could. I can't do it. It looks okay. And creatures, yeah, might might work. Um, but beyond that, I don't think so. And I, I'm not going to get it. I know people will. I know they had the the uh, individual faces. You know those sculptures uh, at the reunion time or whenever it was, or '98 that they had. You can hang on your wall. Um, those were okay. Um, but I didn't get those either. So I, I don't know. It's all right. I, I'm not going to get it, though. Okay. And Mark. Okay. Uh, obviously, you, <laughs> you're, even if it is Ken Kelly and not a Bob, you're not interested in Destroyer. So uh, what do you think of them, and what would you like if you were interested in something like that? Um, I'm not too hip on those sort of things. Um, I, I agree with you guys, and I think that the first one looks a little odd. Um. I'll leave my comments to no comment with the Destroyer one. And um, as far as any other one, I think you're kind of right, though, Julian. I think the, the Creatures one would look really cool, especially if it had that kind of effect. I was thinking of the colored, uh, the uh, glow-in-the-dark vinyl when I first thought of this question, you know, like to have that kind of an effect with the faces, right? Like if it's uh, kind of lit up in the dark, it'd be pretty cool to have something like that. Another one that I thought that might be kind of cool is to do a live, too, with those iconic pictures of them on the front have those mm. done in there that would look kind of cool especially jeans with the whole bloodied face there that would look pretty awesome in 3d i would like that but uh you know the, the propane idea uh, as, as cool as that idea was i, I think i can see a few kids getting hurt with that but yeah, you know see a few lawsuits with that with yeah. houses burning down see a few adults out. getting hurt with it <laughs> <laughs> But it is a it's a cool idea. Too bad that humanity is you know not smart enough to deal with products like that. But um, yeah, I think that uh, you know I, I'm not in a market for it. But uh, 
And and having the flames with the destroyer one, as you said before, that might be a good idea because maybe it would catch fire and destroy it. That would be all better for a destroyer. So, <laughs> all right, I've got one last one. Crazy nights, you get to smash the mirror yourself and <laughs> smash oh, your, smash you your own crazy nights. That would make me feel good. You get, for what you get to break your own hand. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's get into some uh, some of the random talk topics for this week's episode. And I'm, I'm going to start it off because I just troll. Uh, well. I do not troll. What? I troll, not troll. There's a difference between the two. We, we know who the trolls are. Um, so I just go to the board for my topics. And, there, you know, I'm pretty sure we've done an episode about it, but here's a, just a quick fire. What's your favorite Greatest Hits package? I'm going to oh, just... stole mine. I'm just going to go straight out with the first one I ever purchased, and that was Double Platinum. We've said it before. We've talked about it, how those songs for many of us are the versions of the songs that we remember especially if we became fans of the band later on in the 80s um, because it was the one greatest hits package that was available to us at that time so that one for me and because it's so pretty come on that Myler shit holy crap you know can't you know you just can't do packaging like that anymore we just can't have nice stuff isn't it cost two thousand dollars Ken what about you yeah, I I answered the poll, <laughs> um, and I chose double platinum. I mean, it was to me it was right right away like that. It's like no, without even looking at the list, there's going to be double platinum uh, because as a classic, it has all the the you know the Kiss staple of songs um, on there. So I mean, there's you know a few missing here and there, but man, it's just you can't miss with that one. I mean, again, that's a great starting point for anyone who wants to start listening to Kiss and, and you know, figure out who they are and, what, you know, uh, what songs they are, you know, have done in the past and where they come from. So that's the one. All right. We're halfway there in agreement. Two more chances for someone to be contrary. Lonnie, <laughs> apart from there being too many polls or not, uh, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. First of all, I think there are too many polls on the board lately. Second of all, um, I'm not going to agree with you guys. I, as much as I love double platinum, put the X. No, you're not going to smash. I'm, I'm, oh, no. I'm not going smash the hits. I'm going with an album they put out a few years ago called Kiss Gold that the record mm -hmm. company really put out. You get basically everything. And maybe a little bit more even than what's on Double Platinum. Plus, you get a taste of the solo albums. You get I Was Made for Loving You. I'm a Legend um, Tonight. I'm a Legend Tonight. Know Where the Run. Sure, know something. Shandy, talk to me. You get a little deeper of some of some songs, and you get on Double Platinum. As much as I love Double Platinum, don't get me wrong. You know, I've sung its praises before on the show. But if I, if someone wanted or came to me and asked me, I'm in the market to buy one Kiss Greatest Hits album. What would you recommend? I would recommend that album, Kiss Gold, um, because it has a little bit more on it than Double Platinum does. Maybe it's not, you know, it's it's two discs and it's 40 songs, where Double Platinum obviously is 20, so obviously you're going to get some more. But I think it's a better sample of what Kiss is all about, in my opinion, by going with that one. Don't get me wrong. Lonnie, I love Double Platinum, but I like this one better. Lonnie, uh, what if that person asked you if uh, if if it was a vinyl that they were looking for instead? Well, the, well, uh, that, well, then we're on a different only. subject. Yeah, then we're on. <laughs> okay. Obviously, it's, okay. it's not on vinyl. 
It's, so, and that's not about right. It's yeah, but most people, be here. Most people aren't as big a dorks as we are and aren't collecting vinyl. <laughs> I gotta let you guys know that. Okay. Uh, Wait, uh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Damn, I'm, I'm disappointed now. You may have a point. <laughs> <laughs> but that that would be my recommendation. And here, it's also not fair too because most people aren't don't buy CDs either. So. Mm. Um, that's okay. Apparently, uh, those who don't buy CDs aren't getting much kiss with Spotify, right? Yeah, that's another topic on the. <laughs> I would Wait, say I actually went to check that, and I you need an account. I'm like, fuck that. I'm not giving you an account just to find out that you don't have kiss. <laughs> I know you don't have my favorite. <laughs> All right, Mark. Mark, you. you're gonna make okay. you the wolf. You're 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 gonna go well, with smashes for the wardrobe choices, right? No, actually, the funny thing is. Something odd's happened here because me and Lonnie are on the exact same page today wow. here, because wow. that was gonna that was gonna be my pick as well. Because for the longest time it has been double platinum. I've always loved that and I still love it, but as of late, for the last couple of months, I've been having that CD in my car and listening to it and really enjoying it because of the things that Lonnie said actually. Because there's the solo album stuff is on there. You have some of the stuff that was on Killers too. And, you know, there's a much wider, you know, selection of songs that you than you have on Double Platinum. And as much as I love Double Platinum, and Double Platinum has the advantage in one sense that they have different mixes and different sort of variations of the songs on that. But I do think though that Gold has a better selection of songs and more. Uh, I think it's more accurate of the whole, you know, career because of for double platinum it stops at a certain point right so so i i which think gold can, is which definitely can the way. be a good thing you have to remember which, which can be a good thing you're exactly right some people might be saying yeah but you get it i was made for loving you and shandy and world without heroes it's not a good thing people might be saying that so yeah and, um, I, but i mean both of you guys made sense i mean lonnie and mark are absolutely right yeah there's more on gold and gold's actually one of the better packages but right. uh, i say this at least Ken and I had an emotional attachment to, you know, Double Platinum. For me, it was my first one, and it would have been your first one back at, at the day anyway. I mean, God, you would have been actually first of that, yeah. It was yeah. my second purchase, I think. You would have been kids. buying yeah. something when the Milo was, you know, shiny and actually in stores. Oh, so, you know, for me, it, it's <laughs> just because of where it fits into my catalog and my experience of it, that's why it's it's good. I mean, I could also go with Smashes because that one fits in with my personal story, you know, and, you know, I was living in Singapore at the time and I was actually able to get that album out there, you know, and I played the hell out of it, even though I want to vomit every time I hear Let's Put the X these days, you know, but back then, <laughs> you know, so it, it, it's nice to have those stories, but you could easily go with Icons. I mean, how many songs does that have? I mean, that's, oh, like that's great, too. Yeah, that's like 60, you know. So, yeah. you know, they do have some good packages that they put out. I know on iTunes that they put out the uh, Discoveries. There's like 15-something. It's three different digital sets, and you can get yeah. the 45 Discoveries. So, you know, they're, they're great packages. It's just down to what are people looking for. Sally, I think most people who are looking for them could easily buy one of those goddamn Canadian ones that have seven songs on it, the Legends um oh yeah yeah it, it, it's really it's like the best of the best of the best so it's only seven songs left now so you know yeah most of them just want to hear you know beth detroit rock city rock and roll and that calling dr love and everything else is just filler for the the majority of punters who'd be buying a greatest hits package 
You know, the one thing that's good about that, uh, the gold version, I have that have that with the, it came with an extra DVD yeah. in it mm-hmm. with the exposed. Exposed, yeah. DVD was part of the package, too, of the thing. Uh, that, that was cool. I mean, uh, if you're going to get something, you want some video and show some classic, you know, Kiss concert, you know. I have a rare copy of that, though. Because mine came without exposed. I opened up. I opened it up when I got it, and it had the two CDs, and there was no exposed. Yeah, same here. <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. You sure it yeah, was supposed to come with exposed? Because they were they were two physically. It was supposed to, but it yeah, was they, an empty case. Well, they it was were, a they special were, edition, right? Yeah, they were totally yeah. different. The uh, Sound and Vision one came out the year before, or before the actual gold, just double CD, CD because uh, yeah, you the know, they had, they had a series of uh, sets that came out that year. It was Gold Sound Plus Vision, and they packaged up all their leftover copies. Apparently, they ran out of copies of Exposed for Lonnie, um, so you, 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 you just got the other stuff. But I no, I have I have both copies, the, the audio and the visual one. In the visual one, you open it up, and there's a spot where Exposed is supposed to be, and it wasn't in there. Oh, it, it was in mine. Yeah. The one I still want to. I yeah, want to find the one of those that is the actual CD sized yeah, because they reissued that later. Exposed here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have the CD-sized one, not that one. I have that one, and we're exposed as supposed to be. Like it's this. not. Those people, we really are going in-depth on KISS, gold, <laughs> yeah, sound, go. and vision. Yeah, there you go. Yep, mine was empty. <laughs> I'm sorry to hear that. Nice. <laughs> and it never, it's never been the same since. All right. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. Uh, we, we were split on that one. Gold for two of us and double platinum for the other. So it's all metallic. Maybe if they put out Kiss Diamonds, we'll like that one even better. All right. Let's get into one of Ken's topics. And uh, vault cancellations. There have been a few in the past week, which is a real bummer to those people who had uh, signed up to buy. What I'm going to say on vault cancellations is that none of us are privy to the inner machinations or working of uh, Rhino and Gene as a business, as a business is a business. So businesses exist to make money. That's where I'm going to leave that. What I'm going to say is if you are on the fence about buying a vault and doing an experience, I would get off the fence and actually uh, run your credit card through that machine to get those events booked. Don't be getting bitchy that they get canceled if you've been sitting on the fence waiting to see what happens because if you waited to see what happened well yeah it got canceled because you didn't run your credit card if you had ran your credit card maybe it would still be on so you know i i understand that some people are saving up some people have to finance just get on it when these events get announced they're probably waiting to see what happens and if nothing happens Right. No, or not enough, then unfortunately, business being business, they're not going to make a special trip just because you're a very special person. Just accept that. <laughs> they need more than one very special person or two, and we don't know what the numbers are. Ken, what do you think about the cancellation? What's going on? Do you think they're handling it as best they can? Uh, and is less information more information in this case? I don't know. They don't say exactly why you know they're being canceled. I assume it's Shed- because of lack Scheduling of- issues. They yeah, were, scheduling issues. You're unable to schedule time with your sales. wallet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, it could be a lack of sales, like what we're probably thinking. Um, since, like, uh, what is it? Uh, San Francisco, right? Uh, someone said that was canceled. 
I don't yeah, know. and I didn't see I didn't see any emails uh, being posted about that like they had with right. New Orleans and I think Portland or I, I'm not sure which one it is I don't want to put out incorrect information um, but they they had posted a message that they'd received from the customer service apologizing and offering an option of going to another event somewhere else or receiving a refund so I didn't see that for San Francisco it did drop off the uh, the purchase site as did some other dates so yeah so. You know, like you and me, Julian, I mean, we went, I mean, right when L.A. was available, that was the closest one at that time. They didn't post to San Francisco when they all went on sale. It was the closest was L.A. So we just on the first day, you know, there was was Vegas or there was or there was L.A. for us. And I didn't want to fly. I wanted to drive, yeah. so I had no choice. I also I think I said that I wanted to make sure I did the first event uh, just in case right. it changed uh, and, you know, in case anything happened. So, you know, it was easier for us. For those people who yeah. bought and have had rescheduling, have had, you know, changes, I, I feel bad for them. But, uh, you know, just remember that oh. business is business. Though I do find it interesting that they did have a LA2 uh, at the end of the whole thing. He's doing another LA. Yeah, what, the what, end. what a shame. I mean, if it was a different 11 discs, I'd do it. But as I've already done it, I won't. Yeah. I'm not yeah. Gonna, you know, I, I, I have so. no need. I, I would, if I was going to be in LA, I would, uh, you know, happily go and report on it as someone's plus one. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, right. in, in terms of doing another, I just don't have the need. Yeah. Lonnie, what do you think about the cancellations and whatnot? Has, has your dream of doing a, another vault gone up in smoke <laughs> or, you know? You know, it's business. And there's there's costs involved to do these. Um, you know, they have to fly Gene in. They have to put Gene up in a hotel room the night before, probably the night the night before the event and the night of the event. Two nights at least in a hotel. Um, flying in, you know, there, there's Keith as well. Um, you know, renting renting the space for the event too. It all costs money. And if there aren't enough vaults sold to cover expenses. Well, then they're not just going to do it because it's going to be a fun weekend. They have to make money off these events every weekend or they're just simply not going to do them. I mean, they're not doing They're Here, I know Gene's spiel when the vaults went on sale was that, you know, I'm doing this for the fans to get back to the fans because without the fans, I'm nothing. But at the same time, Rhino and Gene are saying, if we're not making money doing these this weekend, I'm not doing this to go lose some money this weekend. We're going to be profitable or we're not going to do it. We're, I'd, I'd rather sit at home and make nothing than go to this event and lose money. So it is a business and I get it. So is it inconvenient for some people? Sure. Maybe they announced too many events and mm-hmm. they should have you know, done fewer events. I was surprised when they announced all those other events a couple months ago, whatever it was, that they were doing a Denver and a Seattle and a Portland and all these other ones. I was like, oh, wow. Um, maybe it's doing better than expected. But I thought, I think maybe they, they announced too many more events because you have to make money doing this or they're not going to do it. If Kiss, if Kiss was going to go out on tour and they weren't making money, you know what they would do? They'd pull the plug on the tour. Because we're not going to keep playing shows every night and keep losing money. You you know, if, if you run a business, you're not going to go and keep doing what you're doing and keep losing money. Well, this person bought this. Well, we're going to do it, even though we're going to lose money on this job. No, you're not going to do that. So it's it's that's all it is. It comes down to if they want to call it scheduling conflicts, fine. But you can't lose money. 
Yeah, I'm wondering if Paul's been looking at the schedule of uh, vaults and telling Gene, well, we've got a Kiss stuff planned that day. So you, you got to cancel it, Gene. We've got Kiss stuff going. Mark, what's your thoughts on, on the vault? Well, I, I agree with pretty much everything everyone's been saying about it. The only thing that I was kind of wondering about from the very beginning of this whole thing is, why didn't they, or maybe I'm wrong, maybe they did do this, you guys could answer this, but mm-hmm. did, did they ever post on the site that if there was not a bare minimum amount of X amount sold, that the thing would be canceled? Because I would get, I would get the feeling that if people kind of knew that, you know, you know that the, that it would be dependent on that, maybe more people might have went and didn't did it, maybe, who knows? Because, you know, I kind of get the feeling that, you know, that's what's happening now is that maybe there just isn't enough people in those cities ordering it. So obviously he's not going to come there and do it. Right. Just like you guys said, it's, it's business. You're not going to go and lose a ton of money on it. If only five people in that city ordered it, you know, and, and it's mm-hmm. quite possible that after how long, like how long has this been running now? Almost half a year, maybe. So maybe it's plateaued. Maybe, maybe it's hit its, you know, peak as far as sales, for this vault. So maybe there's going to be uh, not as many events coming up now because not as many people are into it. You know, there's a, there's a new tour coming up that people are starting to get t- talking about, you know, a 2000, you know, big world tour coming up. So maybe people's attentions are being diverted from the vault now to something else. And it's starting to tinker off the sales there. You yeah. know, it's not a cheap item. It's not a, it's it not a, a cheap item and it's not for everyone. Yeah. So, you know, not every not everyone's gonna buy one. Not, you know, I know that when you go to when Kiss is gonna go tour the next summer or whenever, and they do the platinum experience or VIP experience, whatever you want to call it, and people are gonna spend twelve hundred bucks to do that. Well, they're getting. I think it's you know that, that's expensive too, and they they can see look when we go to these cities, we sell three four hundred, some you know maybe one hundred two hundred. I don't know how many meet and greet packages. Well. I can sell this vault for two thousand. Well, it's a little bit. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different in ball game that you know people want to meet the band in makeup. Um, yeah, and it's, it's still not. not as, it's still person. not as expensive either. So yeah, and it's not one person either. And like I said, I mean, if you think about it, most of these people want to see Kiss the whole band, not just one person. So, and and I, I don't know if it was you who said this, Julian, or somebody else on another Kiss podcast, but they said you know that the tour is coming up. And to start saving your money because there's going to be a lot of stuff probably available and maybe people start taking this to heart. Maybe they're saying, okay, well, you know what? I'm not going to put $2,000 in a vault knowing that Kiss is going to go on tour now. I'm going to start saving up my money for what could be coming with this, you know, big tour coming up. Yeah, and you might might even be able to get leftover vaults during the tour because – you know, if, if they're yeah. if they're on tour, I mean, Gene Simmons. Imagine doing a Gene Simmons vault experience with two people. You know, the, two people wanted one in a city. It, you'd think that that would be possible, and that Gene could possibly do it in makeup. You know, yeah, de- depending on when it occurs. You know, so there are possibilities, or you know, maybe not. It just how it would slot in. I'm sure he could do an hour's worth of meet and greets uh, on his own without interfering with Kiss business. 
you know, he, I'm he might, sure if someone wanted one, he could accommodate. <laughs> yeah, I, you know what? He accommodated someone in Indy, didn't he? Because those pictures have been posted on Facebook uh, that there was a one-on-one vault delivery. You know, so if it's convenient, if it's fiscally reasonable, I I wouldn't doubt that many things can happen. It's just like when LA was announced. I mean, how many of us from the Bay Area went down? I mean, the first three people in line were all from the Bay Area. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> the LA people are still asleep, but we're like camped out at Capitol Records. No, uh, it, it was just one of those things. So you know, then it's it's kind of a double edged sword that we did so many podcast episodes. You know, kind of singing the praises of the experience and all that. There may not have been enough people left for San Francisco. That certainly is what it appears. But you know. Uh, the excuse used obviously is scheduling issues. Who, who knows what that means? That could be euphemism for so many different things. It could be Paul mm-hmm. Stanley. It could be you, you, you guys didn't buy enough. But I, I, I again, I, I think it was me who said a, they should have threatened people that from the gate saying that if enough sold, if enough are not sold for an event, mm-hmm. that the event will be canceled because that was never a kind of the axe yeah. hanging over people to get them off the damn fence, you know. And mm-hmm. I think people were some may have been waiting for leaks, which have been. Uh, sorry, you know, not happening. Mm-hmm. So no. it's, uh, you know. I'm actually surprised about that, to be honest with you. Not that I, I'm glad that it hasn't happened, but I'm actually very surprised that it hasn't leaked out because you, you'd think there'd be some schmo who would go and do it, you know, but it's, I'm very pleased to see that this is one thing that's being kept under wraps very well. Mm-hmm. Surpri- surprisingly, so that you can't go on YouTube and hear shit and even have it mm-hmm. deleted. So that's how it, how it should be. But, uh, you know, we're, we're, what, nearly well, so seven months into the year. So, well, let's leave that one where it is. It's uh, <laughs> it's disappointing, I know, for those people who have purchased, who have heard us go on and on and on about how much fun we had at experiences, whether we were there as a plus one, as a umbrella fetcher, or as, uh, <laughs> you know, as, as a purchaser. We all... We all have our phone. Still love it loud? So do we. Rockin' Pod returns to Nashville on Saturday, August 25th. Over 25 rock podcasts from all over North America. Recording on-site. Vinyl and memorabilia dealers selling the best in rock merchandise. And awesome rock musicians and personalities participating in signing sessions and on-stage panel discussions throughout the day. Special guests include current and former members of Korn, Kiss, Angel, Winger, Loudness, and... Except Bang Tango, King Tracy, as well as producers that have worked with Slayer, Ozzy, Alice Cooper, Seven Dust, and many more. More guests being added weekly. Don't miss your chance to be part of an awesome celebration of all things rock. Rock and Pod takes place at the legendary Nashville Palace, August 25th, 2018. More details available at rockandpod.com. That's R-O-C-K-N-P-O-D.com. The Nashville Rock and Pod Expo. Brought to you by Blind Tiger Record Club, School of Rock Nashville, and School of Rock Franklin, a DBG Productions event. Yep, we do. <laughs> All right, so uh, Ken, why don't you uh, get in there with one of your questions? Uh, well, one of the questions was, I don't know, I was thinking, this is, goes a while back, about uh, kind of a album comparison, which, which album you like better. And I thought a good album to go against another album would be love gun versus asylum just thinking about a couple of the guys here who who love asylum so much uh 
what's your take on on it and and you know which is better which do you like better and and you know what what are the reasons why i'm gonna let mark start with that one (laughs) well i'm gonna say without any hesitation whatsoever that i will pick asylum every day of the week over love gun mainly because of the fact that like we said before sometimes you have attachments to certain albums and different things right and that album was uh presented to me or i listened to it at a time when it was very early in my you know kiss listening experience so it really stuck on me and because of the fact that also much music was such a big thing going on at the time in canada there was a lot of asylum footage being played on tv a lot they they were playing you know you know tears are falling a lot they were they even played you know uh who wants to be lonely quite a lot on much music that video i think was played almost more than tears are falling to be quite honest and even once in a while later on in the evenings they would put on all night on there he you know i remember that being on quite a few times in the evenings and you know i like that album from beginning to end you know i i don't think that there's really too much bad on there on that record and not to say that love gun is a bad record but there's more there's more things on love gun that i don't like to be honest with you i mean tomorrow and tonight is not very good you know even some of the other songs on there i mean i don't know like i like plaster caster but to be honest i like plaster caster better on unplugged than i do on the studio album version you know so to me Everything about Asylum, I like more than Love Gun. Maybe just the cover, I think, is better on Love Gun than than yeah. the Asylum. But musically, I think Paul Stanley, that's one of Paul Stanley's gems that he can hold up proudly and say, this is an album that I produced. And I think he did a great job on it. Mark, I think you've made some new friends with our listeners today. <laughs> I wish you the best of luck. Uh, <laughs> Lonnie, how about you? I completely disagree with almost everything Mark just said. <laughs> no, you don't. Come on. Yes, I do. Uh, <laughs> that was Lonnie's mic drop. <laughs> I, Love Gun has I Stole Your Love. Love Gun, obviously. The debut vocals of Ace Frilly doing Shock Me. Plaster Caster. Almost human. It's laughable that you like Asylum more than you like. Those Love are Gun. those are weak songs. Almost human and plaster cast. Oh, oh, okay. Because um, because Trial on. by Fire and, and um, and well, no, I, come on, King, come on, King of the Mountain. King of the Mountain's fine. Great it's, song. It's fine. Okay, first song. Okay, first song off of King of the Mountain or I Stole Your Love. King of the Mountain. No, so that's the wrong answer. I, I like it better. <laughs> Come on, it's got superior drumming on it. It's got great lead playing in it. It's got Paul Stanley's excellent singing on it. I like I Stole Your Love. Don't get me wrong. I do love that song a lot. But in terms of, you know, it's also maybe because of the time period, too. In the 80s, that's the kind of playing that was really hip and happening, that whole kind of flashy kind of playing. And, you know, and I was also kind of the product of that time as well, right? So I kind of attached myself to that as well, right? Julian's moved on. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, 
Love Gun is a classic Kiss record, and yes. it has it has the sound on it that makes most people Kiss fans. It's it's the classic lineup: Gene, Ace, Paul, and Peter. It has it has a, it has a it has a lot of great songs on it, and I forgot how much I like Almost Human and how much I like Love for Sale until I saw Gene live last year. And he played those two songs off that album. This is great. It's a shame that Kiss never did those songs and gave them their proper treatment because they are great songs. And I will choose Love Gun every day of the week over Asylum. And I don't hate Asylum by any means, but when you're put up, putting Asylum up against one of those classic six original Kiss albums, there's not much that's going to beat one of those classic six albums if you put another Kiss album up against it. Wow. I'll still, I'll, I'll, I'll still disagree with that because I mean I think Asylum is much better than Hotter Than Hell too, even sonically and every other way. But you know, look, look, it it just depends also on I think the time period too, right? I mean, if you ask somebody who got into Kiss in the '80s, right, it's quite possible that that could be one of the records that got them into it. Like Lick It Up could be a record that got people into Kiss in the '80s, and it's possible that that did. And and believe it or not, maybe even somebody got into Kiss listening to Crazy Nights. You know, but, you know, back in the 70s, there's no doubt that people got into Kiss with Love Gun and Destroyer and stuff like that. <laughs> Julian, what are your thoughts on the topic? <laughs> I'm staying away from this one. Yeah, obviously, Mailman just arrived. So, yeah, I have some shit to look through. Um, Love Gun. Asylum made me a Kiss fan. But come on. I haven't drunk enough of any Kool-Aid to uh, put it above any of the originals' albums. You know, without Love Gun, you don't get Asylum. Yeah, there's a couple of stinkers on Love Gun, but come on, it's all, at least they're classic stinkers. Um, So I I couldn't possibly go with Asylum, even though without it, I wouldn't be here on this podcast. Um, God knows what I'd be listening to. Probably still I'd be doing the Duran Duran FAQ. Um, <laughs> who who nice. knows? So, no, as much as it's an, an integral part of my life and as much as I am more likely to listen to Asylum more than Love Gun, Love Gun is the better album. Love Gun is the more important album. There is really no comparison between the two because you're talking about a legendary iconic part of the band's history obviously makeup kiss trumps everything else sadly but that's just reality for me no one's going to call me an idiot say i'm wrong no you can't no, because it's all it's all opinion so i mean it's not right or wrong yeah i'll, t- I'll tell you one thing that really sucks about this mail call is when you open up your package and some fucking poison set list drop out Nice. I fucking hate oh, nice. poison so much. I guess that's <laughs> from the guy who did the lighting had little uh, cue cards for his uh, lighting shit, but fuck those. Those can go straight back up on eBay. Um, all right, let's move on to another question. Ken, yeah. what about Ken's? What about Ken's opinion? I can't. I can't hear Ken. He's muted. Yeah, Ken, turn off your mute. Can you hear my opinion? There you okay. go. There we uh, go. There all right, Ken, what's your opinion? Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, love, love gun is gonna be you know uh win over asylum for me at least um definitely because i, I guess I, I came in on that era around that same year um into kiss plus i mean yeah i stole your love versus you know rise to it 
I mean, Rice Stewart's a great song, no doubt. You know, it's a very good song. But I, I got to go with, you know, I Stole Your Love over that. And, Rice Stewart's and Love Hot in the Shade. <laughs> well, Hot in the Shade. Um, the other ones, like, um, hey, I'm sorry, you're right. Rice Stewart is on. I don't know why I'm thinking of that. But anyway, <laughs> scratch that. <laughs> but let's go to uh, thanks for uh, King of the Mountain. Sorry. That's it. Um, I get those mixed up, I guess, for some reason. But uh, otherwise, you know, the Gene songs are much better on Love Gun versus Work on Asylum. I mean, you know, I agree with Lonnie. I mean, well, Christine 16, while it's poppy and everything, and it was a good song in its day and on the radio. Um, and, and that was one of my favorite songs at that time when I was first getting into them. So, uh, you know, yeah, I got Love for Sale and then the two other Gene songs. So, and the uh, Paul Stanley's was, you know, most of them were good. Tomorrow Tonight, Tomorrow Tonight, like you said, Mark. Yeah, I could probably take or leave it, but it's still okay. Uh, and of course, Ace, you know, shock me. Um, there's no Ace on, on Asylum. <laughs> which would actually would have been pretty cool if he was on there um and then yes they did the cover song on the end of uh the end of the album of love gun and you know that was i got to agree with you that i mean that that's the stinker there but even though there's that one stinker it's still i think you know it's it's the better of two albums so. hmm. okay well there you have it. I would actually there there are a couple solos on the side that I would love to hear Ace do his kind of version of that would be kind of interesting, but oh, yeah. it would be totally disrespectful to Bruce. So there we go. All yeah. right, all right. Who's got a question? Who's got a, a topic? I got Lonnie. There's a there's a thread on the board right now, and I I'm sorry. Cur- I'm curious to hear what you guys' thoughts on this. What's the most overrated Kiss song? Of all time. Mm. Oof. I think we should definitely start with Mark on that one. <laughs> Mark had the best reaction. So let's... <laughs> no, here it comes. Pick a here song from this. Well, player. it's either Shout It Out Loud, Beth, or Do You Love Me, or King... oh, God, I hate King of the Nighttime World, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, okay. And it's funny because as soon as you said that, Lonnie, when you said what was the most overrated kiss song of all time, the one that instantly popped into my head right away, and I know I'll probably get egged for saying this, is Rock and Roll Night Party Every Day. I think that to me is the one song that I think has gotten, has had so much legs through the years. It's been played constantly all the time. And I understand it was the song that probably broke them on radio. And I got them attention early on. But I, I think for what they re- released afterwards, or even before that, I think they had stronger songs than that on record for sure. Well, is it most overrated or is it the one you're just most tired of hearing? Well, I think it's probably a, a bit of both, actually, to be quite honest. I think it's it's not as good as a song. It really is just a 12-bar blues song with kiss singing it basically you know i mean it's if you could you could have given that song to george thoroughgood you could have given that song to bto you could have given that song to anybody and they probably could have made a decent song out of it but because kiss sang it and they put their stamp lyrically on it and vocally it became the song that it is right and i don't think it's a terrible song but i don't i just like i said it's not for the amount of 
legs that it's gotten and the amount of radio play it's gotten, I think that there are songs that better deserved it. So I think that's a little overrated, in my opinion. Hmm. Okay. Let us move on to the voice of reason. You're muted. You're muted. (laughs) I'm so sorry. I keep hitting that button. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Voice of reason can't do it because he's been muted. Um, so, I understand Mark's, uh, you know, yeah, that that thing is, you know, KISS, National Anthem, all that stuff. And so, I'm okay with his choice. Um, but my choice is is Beth um, as the overrated song. I just never, I never understood it. I never got it. I mean, I, it's a nice little song, nice little melody. Why do you hate Peter Chris? I don't hate Peter Chris. <laughs> I love Dirty Living. <laughs> I love Dirty Living. So, but it, I just don't, I just never, you know, I first played that album, Destroyer. That That's the song that I just, it just didn't fit for me on that album. It just never fit. I just didn't get it. Um, again, it's an okay song. I don't hate the song. I just think it's way overrated. Is like you know they're one of their biggest hits, which it was a big hit. I, I got to give you that, but I just couldn't. I don't get it. If people love that song to death, I don't get it, and that's the one. Okay, Lonnie. Now I'll be muted again. <laughs> <laughs> turn turn your mute back on. Um, a song in the same vein that I don't get is I was made for loving you. I never got it. I know probably a lot of KISS fans probably say I never got it because it was received well by some and not well by others. Um, I Obviously, I wasn't around. I, mean, I, was, I think I was an infant when I was made for loving you was released, obviously. But when, you, when I think about it, is that you had such momentum with what you did with the first six records and why you would go and record that song to be the lead single off the return of kiss. I, I don't understand that. Um, I like the rest of dynasty, but I'm not a fan of, of that song and why they went that direction for that song. And the sad thing is that dynasty gets the label as being the kiss disco album because of that song. When there's a lot of really great stuff on dynasty. Um, but that song, I think just, Oh, that's when kiss was doing, whatever and they were super kiss and you know listen to that song so snapshot was on that whole album so that, that's the song i don't get not only don't get but i think it's a very overrated song that i guess especially overseas it's, it's popular and they still do it when they play overseas and i'll be interested to see this weekend if they play i was made for loving you i hope not in portugal and spain but that that to me is the most overrated song i was made for loving you because i don't it's just not my thing. They have to you put know, it there. They have no I know. Choice. They probably will. They have to. It, Why? It, it's in the contract? It's Europe. That's what they, I mean. They, they, I mean, I'm sure they'll do it. They always do it in Europe. They probably will. Um, Lonnie, uh, we did that uh, recently. That We did that 7980 deal mm-hmm. with. And I remember saying back then, I think it was on that, I was saying that that song 
I was made for loving you should have ended the album. Should have been the last song on the on Dynasty, and it should have been not the first single. That's when I said Charisma should have been the first single off of that album. Um, yeah, I mean, someone buying that album who's expecting a Kiss fan who's expecting the real hard stuff, and then they put on and the first thing that is on there is yeah. I was made for loving you. It was like, oh, what the heck? What the happened? You know, so that's when I said, yeah, put it. It should just put it on the end and say, yeah, we can do it. Other artists can do disco stuff. Yeah, yeah, we can do it too. But we don't need to start off our album as a rock band with a disco song. It just it just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Like how they ended Love Gun with Then She Kissed Me. Yeah, we could do something <laughs> like that too. Exactly. You know? Then put put it at the end. If, if you want to record that kind of song, well, then put it at the end and put it on the B-side of something. Not be the lead single and the lead track off your new album. I agree. What about you, Julian? Well, like a politician, I've been squirming. (laughs) (laughs) He's changed his answer in his mind a couple times already. Yeah, you know, it's like, uh, I I think either way, you're just going to be abused for suggesting that any Kiss song is overrated because we're not supposed to ever think along those lines. However, that being said, what is one of my least favorite songs? One that most of my fellow fans seem to love. And yes, admittedly, this may be a case of 80 fans-itis. Um, Shout It Out Loud, mm-hmm. to me, was really one of the earliest attempts to replicate the anthemic nature of rock and roll all night and fall well short of recapturing that magic. You know, even songs like Flaming Youth on that album are more anthemic and kind of grittier because it's got the subject matter, you know, of saying, I'm stupid and I'm lazy, man, if they only knew that's a, you know, that one makes sense because you're like, yeah, man, I am stupid. I'm lazy. (laughs) (laughs) You're talking about me. Yeah. Um, Where shout it out loud is just one of those happy, crappy songs that, yeah, it's, it's a fun part of the show. It's been an important part of the show, but I could do without that one. I just don't get why it's so important to everyone, and maybe it's because I wasn't there in 1976. Maybe it's because I lack the context. Maybe it's because I have no taste or I'm a moron. It could be any of or all of the above, and I don't like it. I think it's incredibly overrated. I would rather it just be an album track that wasn't in every goddamn show I've ever been to by the band. Um, give me something else. <laughs> Anything. But it, it, set a tr- it was the first one in a long line of weak attempts to replicate rock and roll all night. Tomorrow and Tonight is, of course, one of the other most egregious examples, but it was never rated anyway, so yeah, it can't but be it's not overrated. overrated. But it's, yeah. you know, it, it never was. It never was a contender. So... After much thinking and having everyone else go before me, that's all I could come up with. And I, I'm just going to leave that one there. Mark, you got a topic for us. You got a thought. Uh, anything. Anything. <laughs> and if not, I'll go with, uh, you know, what if Kiss went the surprise album route? And that is stolen straight off the board. That some acts recently have been dropping albums without any notice and surprising mm-hmm. their fans with them. Do you think Kiss number one would be capable of people shutting up and not letting out that they uh, were about to drop an album? Would you like it if they were going to? 
I actually would. I, I would love them just to drop in a uh, first, last, and forever album, you know, as, as their final album. Just, you know, just throw together a few new songs, pick um, the first demo, and finally put it out in its entirety. So that's your first part of it. Your forever is the last songs they ever record, um, and then some of their favorite ones. So it's like greatest hits, first shit, and last shit, and that's your surprise. And, ah, surprise. So they already used first kiss the last lick, so they had to use the other title you gave. Well, that was that was my idea. <laughs> they can't use it. <laughs> Sorry, Catherine. <laughs> no, I you know, as for an album, if they dropped one, yeah, that'd be hey, come on. Go ahead and do it. Uh, I mean, I'd be happy to see that. Um, but are they gonna do that? Will they do that? I think there's no way in hell they're going to do that. <laughs> really? I well, can't, now, can't now that Gene magically has all these scheduling issues, you never know. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, Paul Stanley all decides, uh, well, let's, maybe let's do it now. It's up to one guy. <laughs> yeah. But but that would be so, that would be, that would be very interesting. I mean, obviously it's not going to happen, but, you know, but the amount of quiet downtime that Kiss has had this year, if it did happen, which I'm sure it's not going to, but if it did happen, <laughs> on one hand, I don't think I'd be too surprised because of how quiet it's been on the Kiss front. You know, very, you know, very rarely has that happened. But there's been a few times I think in music history where a band's gone really off the radar and then suddenly just boom popped back out with a record and surprised their fans. I know that. You know, not that they're a band that I really like too much, but like I know the Red Hot Chili Peppers did something like that a long time ago, where they disappeared from sight and then came back with a record that just totally surprised them. They, nobody even knew that they were even going to plan on doing another record. So if Kiss were to have, to do something like that, I, um, I would be all for it. It's probably not going to happen, obviously, but even if they were, were to do a single, I think we've talked about that last week, wasn't it? How how Motley Crue did at least a single mm -hmm. for their last run through there and uh you know at least put something out as a farewell product so to speak so i mean i i think look i think kiss for all the times that i've been on this podcast and have been put in the light of the guy who's always bad mouthing kiss uh, i think that kiss still has a lot left in them musically and can write some good kiss material still you know why they're not at least putting out a new single or something is it's just it's sad i think because i think that they can still write decent material i sure paul has his problems but technology is there to help him in that situation so you could at least get a decent recorded product out you know sure live is a different thing but they're willing to go and do that for three years apparently so why can't they just go into a studio and you know knock out a song or two you know and put something new out there to make the fans excited you know yeah, Paul's had plenty of time to record a Kiss album under the radar. It's not like he needs Gene for it while he's off doing his vaults. I mean, shit. How many times has Gene not played bass on albums? So as long as he's got, as long as he's got Tom and Eric. Too. They've, yeah. recorded, they've recorded plenty of albums with Kiss albums without actually being there. So. Yeah, he, he, he might just say, since you're out there flogging your demos, you're not sure as hell aren't coming to an album session to bring those demos back in for yet another chance of recycling them. So we went ahead and did the album. We'll give you the songwriting oh, credits on these three songs. And there you go, Gene. Just smile. Take the picture. 
be on the album cover. Lonnie, what do you think? <laughs> you know, I, I would love it if, if on a Friday morning I woke up and there was a, a new Kiss album to buy on, on iTunes or on Amazon. I would absolutely love it. Um, greatest I don't hits 16. Yeah, sure. The greatest hits, <laughs> double gold, whatever. But I would, I'd be, I'd be excited. You know, I, I kind of like Julian's idea of, you know, just take, take the first five, the five song demo from Eddie Kramer, package it with a five song EP and put it together on a single disc. Here you go. These are first, our first things we ever recorded and the last things we're ever going to record in a studio. Here they all, here they are five and five and be done with it. I think it'd be fantastic. I would eat it up. I know Kiss fans would, but do I see him doing it? No, I don't. Unfortunately, I, I think we've we've seen our last Kiss album at this point, and that's kind of sad because I, I would love to see more. But I think it goes back to the same thing we were dis- discussing with the Vault: is if they're not going to be profitable in doing something, I think they have very little interest in doing it. And judging from the sales of Sonic Boom and Monster, did not live up to the expectations that they wanted to. I don't think. I think that um, six years later now they don't they don't see they don't have an interest in doing it. And it's sad. It's been six years since Monster came out, so I don't see them doing it. But I wish they would. For for them though, I don't think they ever look at the reality of the music business as it is, and look at what Aerosmith did with its last album. What uh, you know mm-hmm. many now legacy acts are doing with each album they're unable to put themselves next to those numbers even though in terms of their catalog they were never near the numbers of those competitors i mean come on they never sold anything near what aerosmith pushed in the 80s um so it's it's almost a uh you know a, a fake argument in some ways it's not worth recording music well it's still worth recording music to all these other bands that are recording music come on quiet riot still puts out albums Mm-hmm. And their mouth mm-hmm. has, has been dead for years. I mean, Kingdom Come, Rat has put out albums. You know, it, it, it's very disappointing mm-hmm. in the fact that they really just have become. I, I don't want to call them lazy because they do work hard, but they have become unmotivated and have forgotten. Uninspired. Uninspired, yeah. unmotivated, and. Have, have fallen into a trap of just using the same argument. Well, no one buys it. Well, if you don't make it, no one has anything to buy. You know, yeah. don't, don't you have any sense of creativity? You know, exactly. If, if there's no creativity, why is Gene ripping all these gems out to do with his solo band? He can't simply say it's because they're making me. Because otherwise yeah. He, yeah. Wouldn't, he wouldn't be printing out the lyrics to it or, and caring about getting it right. So that one doesn't work. You know, Paul Stanley has obviously still got very great creative outlets that he wants to pursue. Well, what's the difference between art? Is that, can he come out and say, uh, yeah, art is what fulfills me now. Music doesn't. I've done that. I'm getting my kicks out of designing stuff for jewelry and I'm enjoying painting. If he was to come out and say that, I would have a lot more respect for the band not putting out new music, because at least he would say that this is why I'm not, rather than suggesting in one interview, well, maybe I am, and then in the other one, well, maybe I'm not. Yeah. It's like, yeah. you know, that, that's you know, yanking our chains to a certain extent. You know, and the funny thing is that one band that I think is a excellent example of this topic 
is, for example, is Iron Maiden. They're putting out albums still, and and while you know maybe their records that they put out now or the last couple that they put out don't match the numbers of let's say a Peace of Mind or a Power Slave, that to them is irrelevant because to them, they, and I've heard Steve Harris say this numerous times. He he's a musician. He writes songs. That's what he does. He's a songwriter. You know, Nikki Six said the, said the same thing. It doesn't matter to him. You know about the, that whole end of it. He's a writer and he's a musician, and that's what he does, and that's what he always wants to do. So I understand it from that aspect. But I mean, you know, look at the last record that they did, the Book of Souls. I, I know it didn't sell nearly as much as their prior stuff, but it was a. I loved it. It was a great record. Mm-hmm. It showed that they have lots to still, you know, to they have a lot of energy still left and a lot of ideas in the old noodle there for songs. And you, you, you know what? They represent. They show this a little bit differently than Kiss, I think, because to them, the idea of touring behind nothing to them is kind of a non-starter. They always seem to kind of like touring behind a record. Always have, you know. Mm-hmm. They even if they have done a couple of tours where they've done, you know, some greatest hits kinds of style tours, but never more than maybe one or two, and then do a record. You know what I mean? There's always been a record somewhere down that line, and I think that. You know, it's what Julian said. They're just not motivated. They're not inspired to maybe make a record. And that's a shame because lots of these bands like an Iron Maiden still find the inspiration, you know, even though they're not making the same numbers. That doesn't seem to unmotivate them. They still want to go in there, make a recording and get out there and go back on tour. But Iron Maiden is a completely different kind of beast because if you look at these uh, greatest hits tours that they do in between their album tours is that they're very thematic in their nature. So they resurrect... um, somewhere in time for instance mm-hmm. and build their greatest mm-hmm. hits around that they rebuilt um, whatever the one was uh, uh, Seventh Son for yeah. you know mm-hmm. the, the reissue mm-hmm. of that this year they're out there they've got the Aces High, so, Ace high. but they're also doing Sign of the Cross and the Clan, the Clansman I think so yeah. they're, they're doing Blaze Error stuff again which I always love when they mm-hmm. mix that in so they have a completely different approach to how they intersperse their experimentation i mean come on they they, they do 19 minute songs you know empire of the clouds on book of souls uh, you know so they're not afraid to really stretch out there but they're not really going far from what you expect from iron Maiden. and the songs may be longer but they're still about the same sorts of themes they're historic mm-hmm. they're kind of proggy they're just getting longer yeah. rather than their mm-hmm. three minute songs kiss on the other hand doesn't have have all these different realms to go to whenever they've stepped outside of what they've uh, supposed to do whether it's crazy nights or carnival of souls or you know well those two or the elder you know it's it's <laughs> it's not been a good result for them so they're very adverse to stepping away and saying okay we're going to go out and celebrate lick it up or we're going to go out and celebrate animalize the only things they're capable of celebrating it seems are destroyer or alive, which isn't mm-hmm. a bad thing, but in terms of creativity, they're never really stretching themselves to relearn parts of their catalog, to have Tommy try and do Vinny stuff more often, or to do Ace stuff that Ace never did. Um, they never st- seem to want to stretch themselves. Instead, they seem to want to do the very least possible in many ways. And, Easy route. And, and maybe that's unfair. Again, we don't know what it's like to be them. Uh, and now pushing 70... Um, well, I would expect them to do everything as easy as possible. I mean, look at Alice Cooper. I mean, he's he's still releasing albums um, and touring. Um, maybe he's more in the in the club 
or smaller kind of uh, arenas. Small theaters. Unless he's, yeah, unless he's with another big act, and then he can go into bigger uh, things or, you know, whatever, sheds. But, um, yeah, he put out albums and, and tour behind them. Um, and recorded so former I, I, members as well. Oh, mm -hmm. yeah. Oh. So, so geez. Why can't, <laughs> He's why out of doing that. that. Yeah. yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, there we go. On that high note, we're going to bring this episode, <laughs> <laughs> episode uh, to an end. It, my, I was just going through my package. I wonder if these still work. Crew passes for hysteria <laughs> tour. How far those will take you? I've got about fifteen of them, so I'm just going to stick them all over myself and go in and see what it's say. All right, box. all right. There, there we are. So we, we've tackled a whole bunch of quick questions today on this episode. You know, why don't you chime in on the ones that you pick and choose the ones that you want to comment on with your followers on Facebook, on uh, YouTube, or on the Kiss FAQ itself. You know, there, there, there's a whole bunch of these sorts of things, and they're fun to address. So. That's it for this week. For, so for now, from Ken, from Lonnie, from Mark, and myself, goodbye, and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.